I'm Aaron Schlein, and I'm here to help you turn your love of travel into a thriving business and a dream life. This is Dramatic Travels Entrepreneurs. Yeah, my friend, it's Aaron, and you have landed on Dramatic Travels Entrepreneurs. My friend, podcasting plays a huge part in my dream life, and it can do the same for you. Unleash the power of your voice and start your podcasting journey today. Head over to DramaticPodcasting.com. You can read my story and enroll in my free podcasting mini course to help you start your podcasting journey the right way. That's DramaticPodcasting.com. It's always a thrill to introduce my guests here on Dramatic Travels Entrepreneurs. This one is particularly special because joining me right now is a gentleman that I personally have learned so much from, and I'm grateful he's taken the time to join us today. His name is Grant Baldwin. He is one of the absolute leading authorities in the business of speaking, and he's not just an authority in my world, but in the the world in general. Grant is a nationally known speaker, podcaster, and author who has helped thousands of people start and build their own speaking businesses through his booked and paid-to-speak training course. Over the last 13 years, Grant has spoken to over half a million people in 47 states, although he's never spoken in Maine, South Carolina, or Hawaii, so if you know someone, please let him know. He's joining us from Nashville. You can find him at thespeakerlab.com. Grant Baldwin, welcome to Dramatic Travels Entrepreneurs. Thanks, Aaron. Appreciate you uh, Let me hang out with you. It is absolutely my pleasure, my friend. Before we dive headfirst into that business of speaking, take just a quick minute, Grant. Tell us about yourself and the role that travel has played in your life. Yeah. So uh, most importantly, I'm a husband to my high school sweetheart. So we've uh, been married for, uh, been been together for about 21 years now. We've got three beautiful girls. So it's me and a house full of, of women, which is awesome. I love it. And uh, so my career actually started briefly as a, as a youth pastor. I did a little bit of speaking. And then for the next several years, um, spoke at around anywhere from 50 to 70 events a year, uh, every year for uh, about eight, nine years or so. Spoke to literally hundreds of thousands of people all over primarily the U.S. And so I got to do a lot of travel that way. And now today, the bulk of what we do is uh, we run the, the Speaker Lab, like you mentioned. we got a couple different training programs and resources where we help people understand how to find and book paid speaking gigs. So yeah, that's what we do today. But um, one of the things that our family, uh, we love to do and we really prioritize in our lives is travel. And so uh, our girls have been fortunate where they've been able to be on probably more planes and more experiences and trips than a lot of people get to experience in a lifetime. And so it's something we've always been really, really intentional about. We always enjoy you know seeing new places and, and the adventure and experience with it and the highs and lows of travel. We've always been particularly into travel hacking, miles and points points uh, galore that we collect. And so uh, that, that's one of the things that's really allowed us to, to have a lot of freedom and flexibility to travel and have a lot of cool experiences. Well, I love it. And that passion for travel, that passion for cool experience is certainly not lost on this audience of aspiring entrepreneurs looking to build businesses in the travel industry. And Grant, you know this, but I brought you on today to enlighten us, to really shed some light on the business of speaking for those out there in the audience who want to add speaking to their existing repertoire or who want to start out brand new speakers, and just use that as another way to monetize their expertise in the travel industry. So Grant, start at the beginning of your speaking journey. Why on earth did you become a speaker? 
Yeah. So speaking is one of those things that I always really enjoyed. Um, I felt like it's it, in some ways it came naturally to me. Uh, and I know a lot of people get you know nervous about being on stage or they're not really uh, they're not super comfortable with it. My wife is one of those. She hates the idea of being on stage. Uh, but it's one of those things I always just really resonated with and really clicked with. And so, uh, like I mentioned, I. Um, was a youth pastor for a little while. And that kind of stemmed from, uh, I was in high school. I was really involved in my own local church and my youth pastor had a really big impact on my life. And I was like, I want to do that. That just seems like a, a cool gig. And so part of that is you, you do a lot of speaking. And as I got started in that world, uh, I was doing a lot of speaking, felt like, I, again, I was decent at it. And then I, I met a couple guys who are full-time speakers who were speaking at, at different conferences and events and the type of things that I was kind of intrigued with and interested in. And for, for, uh, for a while, I just didn't necessarily realize or connect the dots that this was like, this was an option that this was a full-time career possibility. And so I decided I wanted to to make a run at that and started uh, connecting with some of those people who were full-time speakers who were where I wanted to be. And um, spent the next several years just really learning about the business and understanding how does the speaking industry work? How do people hire speakers? How do they find speakers? What do they speak about? How much do you charge? Uh, All the just different nuances and logistics that went into it. And so really just built a, a successful business from there as a speaker and, and really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. But one of the challenges with speaking is it doesn't scale very well, meaning you're you're one person in one place at one time speaking to one audience. And so uh, and, and the nature of speaking is that um, I had a friend tell me one time it's, it's, it's a high paying manual labor job, meaning you can get paid really, really well to stand on stage and speak. But the nature of it is that you have to leave. You have to go somewhere, which for this audience, I'm sure they enjoy. But at the same time, the, the nature of that means that you're leaving your family and that you're leaving your home. And uh, so I got to a point where I was doing a lot of speaking and, and enjoyed it, but definitely wanted to, to be home more and be with the family more. And so that's where we started to make the transition to what we teach now. When you we talked about that very beginning, when you first started to dive into speaking and realizing that it was uh, at least potentially a way to earn a living, what was something that you discovered in that very early part of your journey that either really challenged you or just surprised you about speaking as a profession? Well, I think for a lot of people, you just don't realize it's a thing. Like it's a, it's a possible career option. You know, I think sometimes people have maybe spoke at something here or there, um, and maybe it's, it's things things that you did for work or some maybe local conference or travel conference or whatever, and maybe just some free things here or there. But just the idea that you could get paid for this and that you could you could travel, share a message, make a living, and make an impact was just like. You, like that's a thing. Like uh, I, I just I, I know I didn't fully grasp that, and I think a lot of people. Um, I didn't grasp that. I think another thing too, just kind of a misconception that was eye-opening is I think a lot of people assume that in order to be a speaker, you have to be uh, either a celebrity or you have to have some big book deal or have a big name or you have to have some reason, some you know star power that that puts you up on stage. And the reality is, is, is that's not always the case. Now, you know, if you have those things, great. It, it, sometimes that can help you to get on stage. But uh, again, you don't necessarily need those criteria in order to you know, find and book speaking engagements. And so, um, so for me, I knew I was a, a decent speaker and I learned about the industry and learned people who were speaking, what they were talking about, what were the common topics that, um, the speakers were being hired for. And just again, literally kind of built a business from that. And the reality is, is like, I'm a normal dude from the Midwest. Like I don't have any crazy story. I haven't, you know, one survivor or climb Mount Everest with a, you know, blindfolded in shorts or anything like that, that most people would assume that you need to have in order to be a speaker. And so if you have those things, again, and that's fine. But um, that was a big eye opener that you don't necessarily need those things in order to, to get started speaking. 
climbing Everest blindfolded in shorts. I love that visual, Grant. It doesn't sound healthy, but I'm <laughs> not even a little bit, man. I don't know that you should do that. Where would you put the oxygen tank? So you talked about you know the speaking fees being that that non-scalable part uh, of being a speaker. We're going to dive into that in a little bit, but tell me right now some of the there are some scalable aspects, kind of in more of the the global perspective as a speaker. Can you talk about some of those potentially scalable pieces of a speaking business? Like as far as like uh, what we do now in terms of like a, a training course or anything like that? Well, your, your training course is a great example, but more using your speaking platform as a way to, to build a personal brand, whether you're, you're selling products or, or courses or anything that just there's the, that array of potential ways that you can scale your, your expertise as a speaker and particularly in the travel industry or any industry really. Can you just speak about some of those options? Yeah. So one of the great things about about speaking, especially something that you're doing live and in person, is that you have the ability to connect with people in a, a real relational, you know, human way. And so if you are, you know, let's say you have a blog or even a podcast like this or an email list, all those things are great. Um, and we utilize several of those things, but there's nothing that compares to the 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 face-to-face, human-to-human interaction. And that's one of the things that speaking provides. So speaking is also a great way to build your personal brand and to build your network and to build your audience of people who saw you speak and are able just to make a deeper connection with you than they may be able to through an email or through a podcast episode or through a Facebook ad or, or whatever it may be. So that can definitely work really, really well. So one of the other things to be begin thinking about is if you're doing some speaking, uh, one of the, you can start to think through what uh, what other ways could I serve my audience that don't require me to be there? And so that could be an online course. It could be a course. Uh, it could be a a book. It could be coaching or consulting. Um, you know, it could be any number of things of ways that, again, that you could help people without necessarily having to be there in person. And there's no right or wrong way necessarily to do it. It's oftentimes a matter of kind of what makes sense for you, for your business model, what it is that you're trying to accomplish, uh, not to mention just your own, you know, lifestyle goals. So let's say you're someone who's wanting to, um, you know, be the, the traveling nomad and you're wanting to, to travel the world, uh, it's going to be a little bit problematic to do any type of like in-person, let's say consulting on a corporate level. Um, but you may be able to hold some type of uh, training or workshop uh, locally, depending on where you are. And if there's enough of your audience that's there, you know, where you're traveling to. So um, that's one of the cool things about you know, just building a personal brand and having speaking as a part of that is again, there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's kind of just a matter of figuring out what makes sense for you and what's going to align with uh, how you can best help people and where where it is that you want to go. I love that, and I've got to echo everything you said. I'm in a completely different. I'm, not, I'm probably in a different sport, not even in the same the same ballpark with you with you, Grant. But I've got to say that every single speaking gig that I've had, something positive has come out of it. A new connection, a new a new friend, a new business opportunity, some little door or even a window has opened from every single speaking engagement I've ever had, big and small. And I can just imagine as you get better and you progress down the track, those those doors and windows start flying open even even quicker. And I appreciate you sharing that because speaking, it's just, like you said, it's that manual labor job, but thinking more holistically, big picture, personal brand, how can you serve your audience? Those are all amazing takeaways and I appreciate it. So tell me about just the beginning, some common mistakes that new you see new speakers make, whether it's on the stage or in behind the scenes in their business. What are some of those major pitfalls that we can try to avoid? 
Well, the biggest mistake that I see is oftentimes people aren't clear on who they speak to and what's the problem that they solve. So, uh, you know, let's take travel, for example. If someone said, well, I've, you know, I've traveled a lot and I've got a lot of, a lot of cool stories and experiences. So I just want to I just want to speak about that. Well, you're not really solving a problem. It's, it's oftentimes it's just kind of I have a cool thing that I want people to, to listen to. Uh, but put yourself in the shoes of the listener, a, a, an audience member, a listener. They want to know what's in it for me. How did that's great. You got to travel the world. That's great. You got to have all these experiences. But how does that apply to me in my world? And so you got to be really, really clear on that as a speaker is what is the problem that you're actually solving for your audience? So uh, what's the problem that you're solving for them? And then again, who is it that you want to speak to? So if you say, well, I just want to speak to, um, I want to speak to humans. You know, I want to speak to people. Like my message applies to everybody. Well, if you try to speak to everybody, you're really trying to speak to nobody. So the more clear, the more specific, the more concise you can be about who it is that you speak to and what's the problem that you can solve, the easier it is for you to, to find gigs. But if you just say, I just want to talk to humans about whatever it is that they want me to talk about, like that's just not going to work. You know, you really want to be a, a specialist and be really clear about what it is that you speak to rather than when someone asks you, what do you speak on? And your reply is, what do you want me to speak on? Like that, that doesn't work. You know, so a good way to think about this is like if you're going to a restaurant um, and if you sit down for lunch and the waiter walks up and asks what you'd like to eat, said, I, you know, I'd love to see a menu. But if, if they say, well, we don't have a menu, we can cook anything you want. Like that's not true. Like a restaurant's going to have like a very specific set of items are like, these are the things we cook. So if you go to a little taco truck, um, and they're, and you're like, I, you know, I'd really like a hamburger. We, we don't do hamburgers, but there's, I'm sure you could get a hamburger down the road, but we do tacos. And so just for a speaker, the more clear, the more specific, the more concise you can be on who you speak to and what's the problem that you can solve for that audience, the easier it starts to become to find gigs. As you're setting up that, that hypothetical scenario where the, where you say, oh, I can speak on anything. What do you want me to speak on? I just kind of put myself in the shoes of the event planner, the event organizer at that moment, and just being like immediately shaking my head like, no, 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 I need you to tell me what you do. Do you find that to be, that to be true or accurate? No, absolutely. So, I mean, uh, an example would be like um, if a, um, uh, a handyman came to our house and just said, um, hey, do you need any help with anything at your house? Like, I... I don't know. I may, maybe, but I'm not really sure. Cause now all of a sudden you've put the burden on me to come up with what is it that I need help with, right? I'm trying to solve that for you versus if they came to me and said, Hey, you know, I noticed that, uh, your driveway is really messy and, and you know, there's a bunch of stains or something on it. And so one of the things that our company specializes in is a uh, power washing driveway. So we've got the special chemical that we can use that will make your driveway look brand new. Would that be something that you're interested in? Now all of a sudden that makes it a lot easier for me as a homeowner and as the consumer to make a decision on that versus trying to just rack my brain and figure out, okay, here's this generalist who could help potentially in a bunch of different ways, but now it's on me to try to figure out what it is that that they could do to help. So again, the more clear you are on what's the problem that you can solve, the easier it is for people to, to uh, easier it is for you to find clients and the easier it is for potential clients to make a decision about whether or not you're a good fit for them. Yeah, take that burden off the off the organizers. They'll love you for it, and you'll probably, in fact, I'm sure you'll get more gigs out of it. So let's talk travel industry specifics. The travel industry it's somewhat unique in that there there are large consumer events as well as large industry events, both of which regularly hire speakers. In your opinion, is one of those categories preferable over the other consumer events versus industry events? Could you give me an example of each of what you'd be thinking of? Sure. So every 
winter or fall and winter, there's a travel show that tours around the country, consumer facing different destinations and experiences. And they bring in sort of travel celebrities or, or people who are experts in one particular aspect of travel to give talks to travel consumers, people who mm-hmm. are purchasing travel. And then you have an event like one I went to, to last month called TravelCon in Austin. It was all mm-hmm. for travel industry, people inside the industry, whether it's the media or people representing destinations or experiences, you'd be speaking specifically to people in the industry. So in yeah. your estimation, if, if that, if I painted a good enough picture for you, do you see a preference or one of those being preferable over the other? Well, I think you could you could go either way and you can make a case for either. So a lot of it comes back to what your goals are and again, what's the problem that you're solving? Because if you said, um, uh, you know, the, the problem that I'm solving is I want to uh, I want to help. I want to help consumers better understand how to uh, use miles and points to go further with, you know, to, to do more types of trips or more type of travel. Well, if you're wanting to teach that, um, then that may be more of a, a consumer type thing. At the same time, that could be more of a uh, of an industry type thing. So you mentioned like TravelCon. That could be, you know, if you're teaching some advanced strategies on how to use miles and points to, you know, maximize travel and just some, you know, various travel hacking tips, you know, you could, you could go either way on that. By staying within the travel industry, though, it uh, that's I think the bigger the bigger piece there is you can there's a point where you can start to go too niche and go too deep where there's just hardly any opportunities that exist. Now again, some of this also comes back to what your goals are. If you said, hey, I want to speak in the travel industry and I want to do you know 50 to 100 gigs a year or something like that, then you need to find a big enough pool where there's that many events that even exist. Versus if you said, hey, I'd love to speak you know I want to speak in the travel industry and I'd love to do five events a year. Well, you probably wouldn't have too tough a time finding five and you could be pretty niche, pretty, pretty specific. So that's going to be part of it as well is just kind of what you're, what you are wanting to do and what you're wanting to, uh, what you're wanting to accomplish. But there's not a dramatic stretch between speaking to uh, a consumer and end user about travel versus speaking to, um, you know, another, you know, travel blogger, travel podcaster, or travel hacker, uh, about some of the strategies that you, you, you utilize. So I don't think that there's a dramatic stretch between one or the other. I think you could actually in that in that particular situation, I think you could probably do both. Interesting. And that kind of answers my, my next question is talking about, I've heard you mention several times uh, on your podcast, just the, how difficult it is to have, to have two talks or multiple talks. And especially when you, when you're new and you don't have that, that real solid footing yet. So can you just speak on the, the pros and cons of having, doing multiple talks and specifically multiple talks for multiple audiences? Yeah. So I think like going back to the travel industry, you know, events for a second, what you wouldn't want to do is say, Hey, I, I, I speak in the travel industry about travel hacking and how, how to maximize miles and points. And that's, that's one of the core things that I do. But then there's this other thing that I do where I teach uh, homeschooling techniques and strategies for using technology or something, something that's just totally different and totally unrelated. Like that's, that's not going to make a, a lot of sense because there's just not really any alignment there. But again, speaking to people that are, are in the travel industry or pe- speaking to people who are uh, actively involved in travel and speaking to both about travel um, is not going to be a dramatic stretch there. So if you said, uh, again, let's go back to the miles and points example. If you said, I'm going to be speaking to industry people about against advanced strategies for miles and points, I could see how you could adapt a talk and give the same type of presentation to consumers about how they could use miles and points for 
again, for maximizing travel. So it's not, you see what I'm saying, where it's not going to be like this big dramatic leap there from one to another. Again, though, the point being like, if you go back to the restaurant analogy, what you don't want to do is say, hey, the main thing that we do is uh, at our restaurant is tacos. Oh, by the way, we also do lasagna. You know, like all of a sudden it's just this completely different thing versus if you say we do tacos, but then we also do some burritos. Like that's going to fall under the same genre where that's going to make sense. You, again, you just don't want to spread yourself too thin where you're doing so many unrelated topics or, or types of audiences that you're trying to speak to. Because that's where you start to really become a lot more watered down and, and it's hard to, to figure out exactly what it is that you do or who you serve. That's a really helpful analogy. And I, it's especially helpful, especially helpful, Grant, coming from you, someone who's been there, you've been in the trenches, you know what works and what doesn't. And I'm really, I'm sensing that this is going to be a very valuable episode for anyone looking to, to get started in, in speaking in the travel business and then growing and, and eventually monetizing, which let's, that's a segue to, to dollars and cents here. And first, let's talk about when to start charging. Cause I know personally, I've been kind of a victim of that imposter syndrome where you think, you know, who, who even wants to hear me talk, let alone pay to hear me talk. But the reality is that people get paid to speak all the time. So can you just walk us through that decision, that personal decision, when to start charging for your speaking services? One of the things to remember, there's a couple different factors that go into how much you should be charging as a speaker. And so, you know, one of those is going to be the industry that you're speaking in. You can charge more in some industries versus others. You can charge more uh, speaking to, you know, corporations or associations versus elementary schools or nonprofits. Uh, another factor is going to be your marketing material. So if you're a brand new speaker and, you, you know, you don't really have a website or nothing that really communicates that you're a speaker, and it's just, let's say, again, like in your case, let's say that maybe you're uh, you're attending a travel conference and you have a travel you know travel site, but it's kind of up and coming type of thing, and they're just wondering if you could do a workshop. And those type of situations, you're typically they're typically not going to pay a speaker. And so if you're just like I'm just kind of doing this on the side, then it may be fine to do some free things here and there. But if it's something where you're like, no, I want to like speaking as a key piece of what it is that I do, then you want to treat it accordingly and make sure that you have a good website and a good demo video that can demonstrate that and represent that. Uh, another factor is going to be just your experience level, meaning that uh, if you're a brand new speaker, you've never done anything before in terms of speaking, you're typically not going to be able to charge as much as someone who's been doing this for a long time and has you know a lot more experience. Now, having said that, another thing that's kind of a misconception with speaking is that People assume that speaking for free is a bad thing or a negative thing, and that's not always the case. What I don't recommend is I don't advise people just to speak for free just for the heck of it, right? If you're going to speak for free, there's some reasons where where it may make sense that you can still earn value from that without necessarily re receiving a check. So let's take the travel industry, for example, okay? Let's say that you wanted to attend TravelCon, okay, this conference that happened recently, and you were able to present a free workshop, but as a result of uh, presenting a free workshop, let's say that they, you know, covered your hotel while you're there. Let's say that they gave you a comp ticket to the the event that you're planning on paying for anyway. Well, now all of a sudden, you've received value for that. Even though you didn't get a check, you may have saved money on the travel cost of being there. You may have have, again, save money on the registration fee for a ticket to attend the conference that you wanted to attend anyway. Uh, another example, and I've used this a few times, is that if I was speaking somewhere, there's just a cool location that I wanted to you know, bring my family or anything like that. It may be the type of thing where I would speak for a, a discounted rate 
and they would give me a couple extra nights at the at the resort or at the property so I could bring my family. So we'd turn it into a vacation. So I got value out of that. Maybe let's say, for example, you had some type of, of product or service that you were selling and that, uh, that you offered as part of your business and you knew that the audience that you'd be speaking to is a perfect fit for that. So you might be willing to speak for free knowing that I'm going to generate you know uh, sales or revenue from my product or service on the back end in other ways. So it's not as important that I have to get a check or I didn't get a check from this particular event. So it's always important to not look at it as black and white as you know either I got paid or I didn't get paid. But what are other ways that you can get value or compensation for what you're doing? Yeah, I love that. And that goes back again, kind of to the beginning of our conversation. Some of those, you know, non-monetary or at least non-speaker fee related benefits or potential ways to monetize your brand using using speaking. Yeah, I'm going to go kind of down the road of someone who wants to be a professional speaker, charge a fee every time the way that you do. I found something on your page, and this just kind of goes to what you're speaking about earlier about taking yourself seriously as a professional speaker and putting that message out into the world that you are a professional speaker. And on your contact page, you have an intake form that I think is just brilliant because you collect all the standard information, the contact info and the date and the location of the event. Down at the bottom, you ask the event organizer, whoever's whoever's contacting you to provide the fee or the range of fees that they typically pay speakers. And I think that's just brilliant because you're qualifying those those inbound leads and just establishing right up front that you're a professional speaker. How effective has that been for you? Uh, I mean, it definitely helps because again, you're trying to get some type of gauge going into it of how serious they are. And so you're right that it does set the um, set something in their mind that there may be an investment here. There, this may cost something. So that's good to plant that seed. But it also if you're a speaker that gets a lot of potential inquiries, then it helps to be able to just kind of weed some of those through and figure out which ones, you know, which ones are serious or not. And so there may be some that reach out or send some type of inquiry to you that it's not that they're not serious or something. Maybe they're just in the really, really early stages of, hey, you know, we saw Aaron speak in an event and he did great and we'd love to have him come speak, but we don't have an event planned. We don't have a date booked. We have no idea what the event would be like. We just think it'd be cool to have Aaron come speak. Well, that's fine, but you're just, they're just in the really, really early stages of it. And so they're, they, there, there's not a lot to discuss at that point until they start to really nail down some more details uh, and logistics and start to figure out, you know, what kind of budget that they're working with uh, and what some, you know, what they would be looking for from you in, in terms of, of being a speaker. So, yeah, like having something like that on your site is good. I, as a little side note, I don't recommend that you post your fees on a your website. Don't post those publicly. The reason being is that you can, you know, interact with someone, uh, a potential lead or potential client over over email, but you really want to discuss fees and pricing with them over the phone because that way you have a better chance of building a, a better relationship with them, a better connection with them. You're more clear on what it is that they're looking for and how you can help, and uh, you're able to direct them and show them exactly, hey, here's the value that you're going to get, and here's kind of based on what you're looking for, here's how I think I can best help. And so there, there's oftentimes a lot of variables there that may go into it before someone can quote a price. So to put this like in travel terms, if, if I said, hey, uh, Aaron, I want to I want to take my family on a, on a trip to Australia. Can you give me a price? What's that going to cost? You're like, well, I'm depends what part of Australia you're going to go. depends how long you're going to be there, what kind of airfare you're going to have going there. What do you want to do while you're there? No, no, just, you know, all that aside, I, I'm just looking for a price. I, I can't really give you a price until I know some more specifics on what it is that you're looking for. Same type of thing is true with uh, with speaking is once you hear some more specifics and kind of details of what it is that they're looking for, you're also able to connect the dots of how you can best help them. And then it makes more sense for, for you to be able to quote a fee after you've shared some of that value. But what you don't want to do is if you post your fee online, 
or on your website that someone is just a uh, price shopping and they're looking for, let's say the lowest price speaker. And so they, you know, they, they see your price and immediately rule you out when they haven't even had a conversation with you about what it is that you speak on, or maybe you'd be willing again to do a reduced fee because of, you know, some of the variables that we, we talked about earlier. My friends out there in podcast land, I hope you now see very clearly why I asked Grant to come on the program today. I haven't done an episode specifically about speaking. I knew I wanted to do one and there was not another single name that popped into my head other than Grant Baldwin. And would you believe that we're just getting started? There's so much more in the world of Grant Baldwin. So Grant, I'd love for you to share with us some specifics, some details about your program called Booked and Paid to Speak, which you describe as literally the playbook that you've used to earn over $1 million from speaking. Tell us about it. Yeah, so Booked and Paid to Speak is the training program we created a couple years ago that just helps people like understand the, the step-by-step process of how do you actually find and book a gig. So, uh, you know, again, getting clear on on who you speak to, what you speak about, what's the problem that, that you can solve, uh, understanding how much to charge, understanding what marketing materials that you need to have in place. So a lot of people are in a spot where I like speaking, I'd love to do more of it, no idea what to do next. And so uh, our training program, Booked and Paid to Speak, uh, just really demystifies that and breaks down a, a, a step-by-step process and system of exactly how you can go about uh, building that speaking business. So again, whether you want to speak, you know, 50 times a year or five times a year, uh, that's definitely something we can, you know, we can, we can help you with. Love it. Love it. Love it. And my friends out there in podcast land, you can find Grant's training booked and paid to speak at thespeakerlab.com forward slash training. Now booked and paid to speak. Grant is a wonderful investment that I encourage my friends out there uh, to make in themselves. But let me ask you, Grant, what is the most important investment that you've made in yourself? Good question. So, um, so whenever I got started speaking, I I made an investment in myself as well. There's a a speaker friend that I had, and, and he was putting on a, a boot camp and invited me to come um, be a part of it just as an attendee. And at the time, I was just getting started as a speaker. My wife and I were newlyweds, and so we didn't not like we had a lot of money or anything. And um, so I made some sacrifices to be able to go to that event, and I just learned a ton about speaking. It really demystified some things for me, but it also just gave me a lot of confidence that I I could actually do this. So um, yeah, that was definitely something early on that that gave me a boost of confidence that, you know, I, I could make this happen. It was going to be a lot of work, uh, like anything, but, um, it was definitely something that I, I could do. So yeah, that was, uh, that really made a big difference for me. Yeah, I love it. I love it. anytime we can just highlight the importance of investing in ourselves as entrepreneurs, as personal brand businesses, you just can't, you just can't overvalue that idea of investing yourself, investing in your skills and investing in those relationships and those networks. Like you said, putting yourself in the room with the, with the people who you aspire to be more like, So speaking about people, Grant, I'm going to ask you this final question. Who besides yourself has made the biggest positive impact on your business? All right. I'll give you two answers. The sweet answer is going to be uh, my wife has made a big difference. She's not necessarily involved in like the the day-to-day stuff of what it is that I do, but um, someone that has massive belief and confidence in me. And so just her support as, um, you know, as a spouse has made a huge, huge difference. Another thing I would say that's made a big difference, uh, especially in the past couple of years is, uh, got connected with several guys that I'm in a small mastermind with. And so we talk regularly and compare notes and, um, and talk shop, but also we are all husbands and dads. Um, and, and so just being able to compare notes with those guys of when things are good and being able to celebrate and also when things are bad and things suck and you're just like, you know, business sucks right now and I don't know why. And, or here's an idea and I'd love some feedback on it or whatever through the highs and lows of life. Just being able to, uh, to compare notes with those guys has been incredibly valuable. 
Invest in yourself, my friend. Surround yourself with the right kind of people. And if you're like Grant, got lucky, got the that right woman by his side. And just as a side note, Grant, on your podcast, I love that you did this. You had you've had your wife on twice now, right? Yeah, talking, yeah. talking about her being the the, the spouse of, of a speaker. What what inspired that, and what what's the feedback been? It's been it's really cool. Um, I really enjoyed having her on. Um, she's a little bit more reluctant to do it. Like I said, she's. Uh, I don't mind getting on stage in front of an audience and speaking, and she's definitely uh, a lot more quiet and behind the scenes. But uh, I think it's helpful for people who are interested in speaking or just again entrepreneurship in general. Just to hear behind the scenes of of you know what's that like as you're building something and growing something or traveling a lot and you know your spouse uh, or significant others at home with you know on their by themselves or with kids or whatever maybe um, you know how do you stay connected when you're traveling and and uh, when business was was uh, getting started and you're trying to get something going and you're working a lot how are you managing your relationship and uh, all of those just different kind of behind the scenes pieces I think is definitely fascinating so yeah she's uh, she's been on twice and uh, both have been really well received it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Super. Love to hear that. Just the contrast, kind of the, the front of the stage view being you and then her behind the scenes and just really shows you just how big that universe and how many moving parts there are in being a speaker. And that was just so cool as a listener. Grant's podcast is called The Speaker Lab, and you can find him over at thespeakerlab.com. And once again, that training booked and paid to speak, you can find at thespeakerlab.com slash training. Grant Baldwin, huge pleasure hosting you today. I really appreciate you taking the time, my friend. Cool. I appreciate you letting me hang out with you. If you create travel content, then you know how important it is to truly connect with your audience. And podcasting is simply a phenomenal way to create those intimate connections. Podcasting lets you use the power of your voice to share your message, change people's lives, all while expanding your influence and growing your business. My friend, podcasting is a huge part of my dream life, and I want to help make it part of yours too. So if you're ready to start using the power of your voice, take that first step by going to dramaticpodcasting.com. And there you're going to find everything you need to start your podcasting journey from how to create and launch your podcast to how to grow your audience and start making money. It's all there, my friend. It's at dramaticpodcasting.com.